When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Muriwai, where I live, north of Auckland, and very much the case, I would imagine, at Piha. And it is Piha that are hosting this year's New Zealand Surfing Championships. And I'd imagine they'd probably be quietly pleased with the conditions, the organisers. Mr Surfing himself, Ben Kennings, joins us on the programme to discuss the New Zealand Surfing Championships. Ben, how are you? Good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Sorry, you're just a little bit breaking up there. Um, uh, where are you at the moment? I'm at Piha, so uh, just finished about three quarters of an hour ago for day three, and uh, packed down and ready to head home and set up uh, day four. Okay, talk to us about the conditions at Piha. Are they good? Are they nice and even and consistent? Murawai's been fantastic for the last couple of weeks. Yep, and I think you nailed it um, at the start. So we were worried about the weather today, but um, the the wind didn't get too strong at Piha, so it was all right. And it was clean offshore conditions, um, perfect little waves. We didn't have the premier divisions out today, but we had a lot of the age groups. So the super young age groups down to under 14s, and then some of the super old age groups, over 55s and over 60s. And within those age groups, do you also have different categories in terms of the types of board? Um, yep. So we have, not today, but we do have longboard, stand-up paddleboard, Bodyboard and kneeboard. Fantastic. Now, what is there a criteria for entering, or can anybody enter these surfing championships? No, so it's absolutely open entry. Um, we welcome all surfers, so yeah, open entry. This year we got just over 440 entries. Wow. The so surfers from um, Dunedin through to Ahitara and. Enjoying it so far. Yesterday, so uh, Sunday and Monday were really good. Today, a bit smaller, but still the conditions were good considering that we've got that cyclone on top of us. Okay, so when do the big names, when do the Billy Stearmans sort of step up for action, the likes of the Ella Williams, the Paige Harabs? Yep, so Billy was in action on day one and two, and also all the top. This year we didn't have Ella or Paige in the event, but we've got some really young. Um, female surfers, Lola Group, Alani Morse have been showing up a lot of the older girls that are sort of six, eight, ten years their senior. Um, but the two premier divisions not going to surf until Friday. That's when we think the conditions are going to be a lot better. Um, it's got a, a good dump in the swell coming and offshore winds again. So Friday they will be back in action. Okay. And is Billy Stearman expected to win title number nine? Where are the challenges going to come from? <sighs> Yeah, million-dollar question. Um, he has every chance to, but we've got a real strong field of open men surfers this year. There's uh, 64 in the field. Got a few guys coming back from a little hiatus. And then we've got the likes of uh, Caleb Cutmore has been very strong defending champion. Daniel Farr has been looking really on point um, this week so far. And then with the big surf as well, we've got a lot of the local guys like uh, Elliot Pairata-Reed, 
who is a standout in all conditions, but particularly when it gets big. So he's a local boy here, and he uh, he could put a little bit of a spanner in the works. Mm. Someone just texting in wanting to know whether Jay Quinn is still surfing. <laughs> Absolutely surfing. Um, not surfing in the event, though. So he's been competing in the um, local events around Gisborne, and he came to one of our national events last year, but not this weekend. Oh, not this week, sorry. Okay, well, while we're on that thing, what about the likes of Ricardo Christie? What about the likes of Daniel Kiriopa? Yes, yeah, so uh, Ricardo Christie is focusing on the world of the Australasian qualifying series. So he's heading off to Australia <clears throat> at the end of this month, and he has a string of events, maybe four to six events, um, and that's his focus at the moment. Uh, with the goal of getting into the New Zealand team and then trying to get to uh, Paris 2024, which has been held at Chopu. Daniel Kiriopa, uh, a little bit longer in the tooth, doesn't compete too much now, but is actually having a bit of an impact with a number of the younger athletes in terms of coaching and putting a lot of effort into the youngsters around the country. Mm. I've been living out at Mirawai. Uh, my kids, some particularly, just got into a surfing. My daughter's very heavily into her surf life-saving. We're down at the beach all the time, and we just cannot believe the size of now the surfing community. It's no longer a little niche or a certain um, group in society. It seems to be right across the board. The soft top boards have revolutionised it. Has that? Have you seen that? You talked about 400 entries. Is that sort of a record number of entries? Is, is that... You know, if you look back 10 years, is that a lot more than what they were, say, getting 10 years ago? Or, is, or, or are people just surfing more for casual reasons and not so much from a competitive point of view? Yeah, I'd say both, to be honest, Mark. Um, 440 entries is a record for us. So um, we have a huge schedule this week. Uh, we're seeing a lot of parents come back and participate when their youngsters are participating as well. So... Um, that's a real positive for us. A lot of numbers in the juniors. Um, like you say, the soft top boards, revolutionising things. And the long boards for the girls particularly. Um, they like to get out there, not so much uh, in the competitive scene, but they like to get out there with their friends, have a go and just sort of cruise along the ways. Um, that, that's kind of the biggest thing for them. And in terms of the overall surfing community, you know, there is... 370,000 odd surfers in New Zealand when you're talking about um, recreational surfers and about 70,000 of those uh, are said to surf weekly so pretty big numbers to be fair. Yeah no it's huge. Now look often sports become Olympic sports and you know like well golf's an Olympic sport but you know people think well should it be there we've got four golfing majors most of the big golfers want to win those, tennis it's a little bit the same, football it's at an under 23 level. Having surfing at the Olympics, and it's only been there once and maybe it needs to be there two or three times in Paris and then LA and then Brisbane in 232 to maybe get a real understanding, but has it enhanced, has it further enhanced surfing? Has it given people now even more reason to take up the sport? And how was the Olympic experience seen amongst the top guys in the world? Yeah, it's a, it's a real interesting one. I think surfing has always had that competitive element to it. So uh, <clears throat> when we surveyed our community prior to Tokyo, um, a lot of people were in favour. Since then, we've actually done an, an additional survey and um, it was more favourable again. So people saw it as a positive. Uh, it gives a, a much more major spotlight to surfing. Uh, in terms of our organisation, we have a lot closer relationship with 
High Performance Sport New Zealand and um, New Zealand Olympic Committee, who really put a lot of energy into surfing for us, which was amazing. Um, our surfers in Tokyo, uh, Williams, Billy Stearman, um, they were just brought right into that Olympic family, and, and that was huge. You know, they come back just absolutely buzzing about it. So um, for us, I think it's a real positive. In terms of if you look down a level and into the juniors and you're talking school surfing, the schools actually stand up um, and look at surfing and go, hey, it's an Olympic sport now. Let's put some energy into this. Let's um, have a surf team or it's recognised in uh, a lot of the bigger schools in Auckland now as a sport, which is awesome. So all those little bits, mm. and now you're starting to see surf academies throughout the country, um, whether it's uh, Raglan, Raglan Surf Academy at the Raglan Area School's been around for ages. Fongamata has one. Um, there's one down in Dunedin with uh, one of the girls' schools down there, and I think there's a couple of others that are starting up. So super positive for um, the junior surfing. Okay, so surfing New Zealand, um, in terms of being able to meet the demand with infrastructure, how's the organisation coping? And do we have the coaches in place to meet the demand? Uh, yeah, the coaching is one of the one of the major ones. So we have some really good coaches here, but we're also aware that just being a, a young Olympic sport, we need to develop that more. Um, we need more high-performance coaches around the country that can work with uh, the young surfers and, and bring them up to speed to get to that international standard. So something that we have to focus on a lot, um, something that we work with High Performance Sport New Zealand a lot with, and, and they really want to push that all the time. So we need we need some better coaches. Um, we need a large number of coaches throughout the regions as well. So um, that's something to work on for us. Okay, quick question for you, Ben, tongue-in-cheek. West Coast, best coast? <laughs> For me, well, <laughs> you live from the Matar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but you know, like, we there's no way we could be doing the national championships on the east coast this week. So, um, the west coast delivers a lot for us. And if you're talking about consistency as well, then the west coast has yeah. it. Oh, oh, so, so, someone just texted in here wanting to know what the difference, say, between the swell at Pihar is and, say, what you might get in Wangamata. And so I guess I'll take that and extend it. What type of surfer do you need to be to win at Pihar? Uh, I think you need to be very adaptable. So Pihar has, for one, huge tides uh, on a on a six-hour basis. And then from day to day, it has um, varying conditions. So today we were talking about, you know, maybe head-high surf, um, the first day, it was probably double overhead. When we're looking at Friday, it's going to be at least that and then some more. So if you're talking about the national champs over a seven-day period, uh, you've got to be able to surf some small waves, potentially onshore or offshore, building swell, could be howling onshore. You've got to be very adaptable. And I think um, that that's, sort of, that's what will come to the fore uh, on Saturday when we finish the national champs. Ben Kennings, as always, thank you for the update. We look forward to maybe catching up with you later in the week. Enjoy your time at Pihar. Yep. Thanks, thanks, Mark. Appreciate being on the show. No worries.